and thanks for checking out this podcast from First International Christian Fellowship. The following message you are about to hear was carefully crafted with you in mind. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope that this message speaks to you as it did to us. Now here's Pastor Joe Salcido delivering this week's sermon. Please join me in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this privilege to once again worship you, praise you, with your people at your appointed time, at your appointed place, Lord God, at this church. Father, we thank you for everything that you have done for us throughout the week. And Lord, it is just right that we are here to worship you and praise you. Father, I pray for that the Holy Spirit will guide us and teach us and convict us of anything that you want us to learn and do and surrender, Father. Father, give me the words and the wisdom to deliver your message to your people tonight. Let it you and you alone speak to them, Father God. Just use me as your vessel. Father, override my preparations. At the same time, Father, I pray for salvation for those who have yet to come to a relationship with you. And I pray for encouragement for those who are discouraged. And I pray for uh, strength for those who are weak. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So please turn your Bibles to um, Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. If you were here last week, you're probably wondering why. We tackled this last week. If you were paying attention, we did not tackle verse 10. We did not tackle verse 10 last week. <laughs> and um, you're going you're gonna to know why tonight. And I, I almost tackled it last week, but it was potless evening, so I wanted to be merciful to you guys, not to make you too hungry. <laughs> so Galatians chapter 1, verse 1 to 10. I titled our message, by the way, Who Are You Pleasing? Who are you pleasing? Many Christians failed and continue to fail in this aspect of their lives. On the question of this one, because their answer is different. The question or statement to whether we please God or men. Tonight we will explore God's word to see why we should be pleasing God first and foremost and not men. Tonight we will again look at the Apostle Paul and his life through his letter to the Galatians. Okay, so let's start that. But before we get there, I'm sorry. Go to Proverbs 29.25. Proverbs 29.25. I don't have it in the slides. So go to your Bible app and just punch it in. Or turn to your pages. So Proverbs is uh, in the Old Testament. You're welcome. That's it. That's all you're going to get from me. Proverbs 29, 25. If, if that's your Bible, or you know, if it's the church's Bible and you want to keep it, keep it and write, underline it. It reads here, fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. A lot of people are stressed out with their lives up to now because they are trying to please somebody in their lives. It's either their parents or is their spouse or their children, but sometimes, unfortunately, those people that they are trying to please never returns, never returns it with a thank you, or they never get the expectation, the thing that they're expecting from them, the appreciation that they believe they deserve. So for their entire lives, they're trying to please, please these people. 
you know? And it's the number one cause of stress for many. Do we agree? If you are, if you are, it's, most of the time, it's the parents. We, unfortunately, we, up. Uh, I don't care what age you get, you are constantly trying to get your parents' approval. You know, you get a C, they want a B. They get, you get a B, they want an A. You get an A, they want straight A's, right? That's for Alonzo. That's Alonzo's plight. I just hear it to you, his frustration. <laughs> no, but people are impossible to please. Do we agree? But for some apparent reason, we feel the need to constantly please men and not God. So we're going to see Paul's plight too. Well, it's not, not his plight. He made a statement telling everybody that he will never, he's not about pleasing men, but he's about pleasing God. So let's start. Galatians chapter 1 verse 10. I know you're in Galatians, so just go to verse 10. Am I, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of God. Believers that are here tonight, please let this last line be the message. If you will not hear any more from what I'm going to say in the next two hours, (laughs) please remember this right here. If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of God. The more you want to please people, the more you want to please men, you will never, you will never please God. Amen? Amen. Because men are always trying to make you sway away from God's will. Unfortunately, unfortunately. I had a hard time, honestly, in trying to prepare this and trying not to deliver any examples that might hurt people tonight. <laughs> and I find that very impossible. And just because right there, you want to please men rather than you want to please God sometimes. You don't want to be too offensive, even though you have a point, even though it, it's pertaining to, to God's word, you want to like step back sometimes because you don't know how they're going to take it. Which is wrong. We're seeing here that if anybody, if you are trying, if God has spoken to you and he's shown you what you need to do, but yet you hold back for the sake of not offending men, guess what? You just made a mistake. And we're going to see that through the example of, um, um, I don't know how great-great-grandpa is for Saul, Paul's great-great-grandpa is King Saul, and we're going to see it here. Please turn your Bibles to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 15. Hold on, let me get my Bible. Let me turn with you. 1 Samuel chapter 15. I know I have it in the screen, but I want to read further down. So 1 Samuel is before 2 Samuel. What a pastor. The visitors are like, oh, how come this guy is not helping them? <laughs> First Samuel. We're going to be reading. Or I'm going to start reading from verse 1 here. Samuel said to Saul, I am the one the Lord sent to anoint you king over his people Israel. So listen now to the message from the Lord. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I will punish the Amalekites for what they did to Israel. 
when they did when they waylaid them as they came from Egypt. Now go attack the Amalekites and totally destroy. See? So you're reading it? Totally destroy everything, not some things, everything that belongs to them. Do not spare them. Put to death men and women, children and infants, cattle and sheep, camels and donkeys. So the, the command was pretty clear. Do we agree? If you read through your, in your Bible or your Bible app, it was pr pretty clear. Everything. Destroy everything. Then go jump to verse 7 and 9. Then Saul attacked the Amalekites all the way from Havilah to Shur, near the eastern border of Egypt. He took Agog, king of the Amalekites, alive and all his people. He totally destroyed with the sword. With the sword. But Saul and the army spared. You see it? Agog. And the best of the sheep and cattle and the fat calves and lambs. Everything that was good. They spared everything that was good. They made their common sense apply. You know, most of the time, that's when we fail as believers. When we know God has told us to do something, but yet we want our common sense to kick in. Because we know better than God. That's where we fail. Sometimes when we know it's so clear, it was loud and clear, Lord crystal clear lord and then something good came out something nice you're seeing something nice and all of a sudden you're not giving up everything all of a sudden something becomes more important than obeying god and we're going to see here that it wasn't just saul's idea he was pressured by the people to do it so everything they these they were unwilling to destroy do you see it completely Sometimes there are things that we don't want to give up to God, unfortunately. We want to give up certain things that we think, oh, you know, that really needs to go. Because that's like, ugh, nasty. But these other things I want to keep for myself. Because I like these. These are my darling sins. But when yet God tells us, give everything up to me. Everything. Not this, Lord. How could I? This is my favorite, right? Sometimes it's a relationship, a relationship that we know continues to make us stumble. And we're like, no, Lord, I don't want to give this up. We need to know that when God tells us something and it's crystal, crystal clear, we need to surrender everything or else it's disobedience completely. If you are not completely obedient, then you are disobedient make make no mistake about it you are not doing yourself a favor because you are still falling and sinning continue with our topic here but did i obey the lord saul said i went on the mission the lord assigned me i completely destroyed the amalekites and brought back agog their king he's still saying his mistake he thinks he can reason his way out of this mess that he did because of his disobedience. Don't you find sometimes yourself like Saul? You're still trying to justify it with the Lord. You're still trying to have that conversation with God. Because you think you can manipulate. You think you can justify. You think you can justify your sin against the living God. Just like Saul here. You could see it. But I did. Oh, did I not flip it there? <laughs> 
But I did obey the Lord, Saul said. I went on the mission the Lord assigned me. I completely destroyed the Amalekites, brought back Agag, their king. The soldiers took sheep and cattle from the plunder, the best of what was devoted to God, in order to sacrifice them to the Lord at Gilgal. This is because Samuel went there and started telling Saul because the Lord was disappointed. He now will lose his kingship because of that disobedience. But then now he's trying to justify, he's trying to argue. If you've known this, this story before, you know the end of this, right? He, just, he, tells, he tells Samuel that we set it aside so we can sacrifice it to God. We set it aside so we can sacrifice it to God. Then Samuel told him, does God care more about sacrifice than obedience? If you think you're sacrificing your time for God, if you think you're giving your, your offering faithfully to God, but yet there is that one sin that you continue to do, guess what? God could care less about your sacrifice because he cares more about your obedience. And you can see here, oh, it died. What we can see there is, um, if you go to uh, verse, when Samuel started telling, or Saul started telling Samuel, it was their idea. He was telling people it was their idea. So Saul was pressured by the people, right? He was pressured by the people because now he's blaming them. It wasn't my idea to save it. They pressured me. That's why we kept those, those cattle, the cattle, and everything else that they kept. But see, it, it's, we wanted to please men rather than to please God. You know, the other thing too is if you're trying to please men, the second point is it will hinder your witness. Read John 9. Please turn your Bibles to John chapter 9. We're going to be reading from verse 18. If you have your Bible, I'd suggest you turn it so you can mark it. If anything strikes you as we read these verses, you can mark your own Bible and make notes to it. The Jewish leaders still refused to believe the man had been blind and could now see. So they called in his parents. They asked them, is this your son? Was he born blind? If so, can he now see? His parents replied, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But we don't know how he can see or, he, or who healed him. Ask him. He is old enough to speak for himself. Their son was born blind. You know the story, right? And Jesus healed their son. Up to now, it's, it's, an, it's a miracle if that ever happens. But Jesus healed this guy. But because the parents were afraid, we're going to see it in the next, the next verse. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who had announced that anyone saying Jesus was the Messiah would be expelled from the synagogue. That's why they said, he is old enough. Ask him. If we are afraid of men rather than God, if we're always wanting to please men rather than God, we hinder our witness. We hinder our witness. Just in this church alone, I would say this with love. I love all of you to pieces. I do. But then when the testimony comes, I feel like we're not being blessed at this church because nobody has anything to testify about. 
that we agree. <laughs> it's sad. There is an open slot for testimonies. But guess who loves to give testimonies? Our guests. Because they, the Holy Spirit compels them to give that testimony, to tell people what God has done for them. And I praise God for that. You know, if you give your testimony, you encourage other believers that you don't know are probably going through the same struggle that, you're, you, that you went through, yet God saw you through it, and you want to just keep it to yourself because what? You're afraid of men. You don't, want to, you, you don't want to please God. You don't want to give God the glory because you want to please yourself because you're shy, right? I don't know. Pastor George, there's like 60 people there. I go through it every night. <laughs> and, you, you know, some, some of them go to sleep. <laughs> what's the, what's, what are you afraid about? What are you afraid of? If you want to please God and you want to testify... And he has done tremendous things in your life. Don't you think he deserves for you to tell people that? Maybe not. Okay. <laughs> that should have been an amen. A loud amen. But no, it's okay. <laughs> Maybe next week when we have a different topic. But this is the truth, guys. When you are thinking more of people, you are hindering your witness. You are not making yourself a vessel of blessings, of blessing from God, because you are worried about people. Just like this guy. Isn't this a cause for them to testify and say, yes, Jesus healed our son. He was born blind, but now he can see. Just like many of us here accepted Christ as our Lord. We were blind, but now we can see. Doesn't that require, doesn't that compel us to tell people about it? Does it not compel people, you to tell people about Jesus at work, at home, with your loved ones, with your friends? Does it not compel you to tell people that? You strongly believe with your soul that if you accept Christ as your Lord, you, will, you gain heaven. Not by works, but by grace and by grace alone. Through Christ and through Christ alone. But yet you keep it. Because you don't want to, what? You don't want to offend people? You don't want to lose friends? Right? You worry about your reputation? I don't know what kind of reputation you have, but you worry about it, right? You worry about what people can say or will say. You worry about rejection. You worry about their rejection. But you don't worry. You don't worry about God not being pleased with you. You know, we're all going to give accounts of our lives sooner or later. We're all going to account. We're going to give account to our lives. God will know the times that you chose to conserve or preserve your, your, yourself, your <laughs> reputation. God knows when you chose men over him. God knows that because he examines the heart. He examines the heart. We could be saying things out loud, but God knows and examines the heart of the purpose. The things that we said or chose not to say. If he chose not to give a testimony after what? Let's say he rescued you from a big trouble. But yet you chose to just say, I just want to keep it. I'm shy. I don't want people to think that I'm bragging. If you're going to boast, boast in the Lord. That's what Paul said. No, not in this church. We're shy people. 
I, I think I can count with one hand the many the, the testimonies that I've heard from our congregation in the last almost three years that I have taken the, the calling of God. And within that five, there's uh, one person that has given two testimonies. And then within that five, uh, visitors. <laughs> but the members, the members, I, I've, I've requested, you know, sometimes really direct. Hey, can you give a testimony? No. <laughs> I start walking away, start walking the other direction. Why? You get your strength from God. Are you pleasing men or are you pleasing God? Who are you pleasing? Who are you pleasing? God's design for us. Am I there? God's design for us, his chosen people, is to glorify him with our lives, with our lives, and to share that to people. If you think otherwise, please talk to me later. I really want to do it face-to-face, okay? Don't send me an email. If and when we worry more about men and what people have to say, you have to know that you are not pleasing God and you are not functioning or you are not responding to how God has called you. Luke 9, 26. If anyone is ashamed of me and my message, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in his glory, in the glory of the Father and the holy angels. God knows what we say and what we choose not to say. He knows the intention of our hearts. If we choose ourselves and our reputation above glorifying Him, then we are not pleasing Him. Please turn your Bibles to Romans 14, 12. I don't have it in the slides, so you might want to see it. This is what I said earlier, and I want you to mark it because this is something we really need to consider, church. Romans 14, 12. It reads, yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. Everything done and not done, everything done in public, everything done in secret, it will be taken, it will be asked, it will be accounted for. Instead of thinking of what people have to say, we should think of what our Lord has to say. Do we agree? Okay, that's better. We do. We do agree to it. We do agree to it. So we have to ask ourselves, who are we pleasing with our lives? Paul knew who he wanted to please. Paul knew and lived his life for the Lord. He could care less what people thought of him. He could care less of what people will say. He could care less about anything but God, what God has to say about him and what he has done. And again, but you know, Paul said, if I'm going to drink or eat something that will cause someone to stumble, I'd rather not eat or drink. But because his pick, his mind, he has it on the big picture. 
the big picture. He wants to bring people to Christ through his life. And it should be the same with us. It should be the same with us. Every situation, every certain situation, God knows if you are pleasing yourself, or if you're pleasing men, or you're choosing them over him. God knows it. God knows it. Let's not, let's stop pretending, okay? Let's stop pretending. I'm using the word pretending. Pretending is this. Be, be, pretending in the fact that you are someone else in front of your unbelieving friends because you want to keep that relationship with them. You don't want people to know that you're a believer because you're worried more about what they have to say. So you're pretending to be someone else because you're already a new creation in Christ. Do we agree? He was in Christ as a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. So when you choose to please men, it hinders your witness. It hinders your witness. And you don't grow in, their, in your relationship with the Lord. You stay as a bonsai Christian. <laughs> Cute to have, but no use at all. It's nice to put on the table, water it every week, two minutes. Keep it in a small pot. Doesn't bother anybody. It's a tree, but it's a bonsai tree. For you, if you're a believer and you haven't moved forward with God because of your disobedience, disobedience for tonight's topic, for the sake of tonight's topic, is you're choosing to please men over God, then there you go. So don't ask. Don't wonder anymore. Oh, why am I not growing? Well, you have the answer because you choose not to. You're choosing not to. Because you are, you're making your life more about pleasing men rather than pleasing God. A very encouraging message. Amen? Amen. Let's look at our, our brothers who've done it. Let's look at some of our brothers who've done it. Paul, Peter, and John, they got it. In Acts 4.18, then they called them in again, this, the, you know, the Sadducees, calls Peter and John, and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes? To listen to you or to him? You be the judges. Believers here in this room tonight, you be the judge. Who you should, who to, who should, you should, <laughs> And I still don't have it. Who should you be pleasing? Is it God or men? Who is your Lord? Is it Jesus or is it you? Again and again. And then you get into trouble and you say, where is the Lord? Where was the Lord in the first place? When you made that bad decision, when you knew it was cut and clear, God said, don't do that. First commandment is you shall not have no other gods before me. First commandment, right? And anything that comes, and you should have no idols, is the second commandment. An idol is anything that comes before God. 
If you are pleasing men more than you're pleasing God, then you are making their think their opinion matter more than God. This is them. This is God. You have a small God, and men are bigger in your life. Whether it's your parent, whether it's your children, whether it's your career, this is your God, and this is them. That's an idol. So tonight, I pray that as we go through it, the next one, 1 Thessalonians 2.4, Paul saying, On the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please people, but God who tests our hearts. Despite the danger to their lives, Paul Peter and John could care less because they knew that they should be pleasing God. There's no flinching for them. If you're a real believer, I guess we have to use that word real now because there's a lot of believers that just call themselves a believer but do not show it in their lives, with their lives. So if you're a real believer, there should be no flinching. You know, I, like, I hated that game when I was younger. Because I always flinch, you know. Because I'm always, I, I'm afraid to get hit. So I'm always doing this. And they start laughing. Ah, you flinched. Well, of course, I thought you were going to hit me. Right? But for believers, we know, Jesus said, in, if this world hated me, it will hate you. Correct? And then Jesus said that in this world you will have trouble. But behold, I have overcome the world. There shouldn't be no flinching. We should be ready. And as we see it here, on the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. Every believer is entrusted with the gospel. Every believer. Because you are God's message. Through your life, people see Jesus. You could be the only Bible people can read or will read. You could be the last person before God takes that other person that you're working with, before he takes his life. You could be the last person that could have been the conduit or the vessel to deliver that message of hope. You'll be pleased to know that this is probably going to be a quick message tonight. Let's see here. The next verse. There was a lot of grumbling about him, about Jesus, among the crowd. Some argued he's a good man. But others said he's nothing but a fraud who deceives the people. But no one had the courage to speak favorably about him in public, for they were afraid of getting in trouble with the Jewish leaders. Isn't that a big injustice to Jesus? Don't you agree? The many people that followed him, the many people that fed, you know, they probably had that, that you know, the five heart, the multiplication of food. They were there, they enjoyed the meal, but they didn't want to tell anybody about it. Because they're afraid of the Jewish leaders, you know. They probably saw Jesus walk on water, but they don't want to say anything about it. Because they don't want to. 
be, they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. What a discouragement. They saw Jesus when he, he, he resurrected Lazarus. They heard about it. They saw it. They were probably there. But no, they don't want to say it because they were afraid. They, were, they wanted to please the Jewish leaders more. Isn't that a big injustice to Jesus? Don't you agree? It is. Say amen. <laughs> it is, right? It is. Because you know what's coming, right? That's why you didn't want to say amen. Because I'm going to go back and bring the question to you. So how is that about you now too? For you not, if you are not. And if you are, I praise God for you. I praise God for you because you know what? You're, you're dime a dozen now. No, not dime a dozen. There's only one. There's, you're, you're, we're lacking of people like you. But if you're like the other believers that are afraid of the Jewish leaders. I don't know what your Jewish leader is at your life, with your life, at your work or whatever in your, in, that you're more concerned about what people have to say than what God has to say. I pray that tonight, as the Holy Spirit convicts you, you will turn. You will forget about what people have to say but worry more about what God has to say about you, about how you live your life, how you let go of everything for God, just like the apostles did. Another one, John 12. Many people did believe in, in Jesus, however, including some of the Jewish leaders, but they wouldn't admit it for fear that the Pharisees would expel them from, from the synagogue. They don't want to lose their church membership <laughs> or their country club membership. They were worried more about what people have to say. They were worried more of what people have to say than what God had to say about them. Isn't that the saddest thing? For they love human praise more than the praise of God. Another trap for us. We are loving the, the applause of men. We're so seduced to the spotlight. We want to hear, good job, Joe. <laughs> I laugh, you know why? Because those same people that will say good job to me, the minute, the minute I say something that they don't like, I hate you, Joe. <laughs> is that the truth that's why whether it's praise or blame <laughs> I don't take it it's like what Paul said this is a trap another trap for people that if we're trying to please men over God that we want their approval over God's approval there's no growth there's no more growth you hinder your witness. You stop your growth or you don't grow at all because you're more worried about men than God. So now there should be like, I should give you at least a solution, right? <laughs> I don't know if I could give you a solution, but I can give you God's word to hopefully encourage you because the question is how? How do we not look for people's approval above our Lord? 
How? Because that's how we've been, that's how we were trained, right? We, our parents tell us, you do what I tell you or else. And then you go to school and you have to do what the teachers tell you. And then you go to work and you have to do what the bosses tell you. And you're always going for their approval, always going for men's approval. That's how you're designed. That's how you were programmed. So now how, Joe? This is how I function. I need approval. Well, first of all, we first of all, well, tonight we're just going to talk about the one thing is we need to renew our minds. We need to renew our minds. We need to renew our minds. We need to start thinking how God wants us to think. We need to seek Him first, His kingdom and His righteousness. We need to set our minds. Romans 12, 2, don't be like the people of this world. Because the people of this world always look for people's approval, other people's approval. They want all the awards. They want the recognition. They want it. They want it all. They want people's pat on the back. They want fame. They want wealth. Because they want people to say, man, there goes a great guy. And as they're walking, they want people clapping. Standing ovation. Let's go. Let's go, Joe. That's what they live for. People's clamor. So we need to, don't be like the people of this world, but let God change the way you think. Who changes your thinking? God. You have to let him because he's not going to force you. You're going to have to let him. In this Christian life, there's this thing that we call free will. And if you're like me, how I, I pray to God to take my free will away. You know why? Because I have a tendency to make the stupid decision of not following God's will. But no, we have the free will. So we need to let God change the way we think. Then, once you let God change the way you think, and how is that? How do we change the way we think? When we're sitting at church and learning about His Word, and most especially when you do the Bible, study your Bible. You read your word. Amen. Amen? And it's like, oh man, he's talking about reading the Bible again. Well, of course. This is God's inspired word. You're watching movies, you're watching TV, you're talking at work, you're doing Facebook or whatever social media that you have, and all this information you're being flooded with, and it's going in here, whether you like it or not. It goes to your conscious and to your subconscious mind. Guess what's going to happen? You're going to function on whatever you feed your mind. That's how you're going to function. I love, before I was a Christian, I love watching mafia movies. That was my diet. I watched Godfather 1, 2, 3, 45, all that. And guess what I wanted to be in life? I wanted to be a gangster, other than to be an Italian girl. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Because women have more advantage. And then if you're Italian, no, you got it made. <laughs> that was before, okay? <laughs> it's a joke, okay? But no, that's what I've, I was watching. That's what I wanted to be. I watched the movie Heat. And if you know my testimony, that's what my retirement was going to be. To rob a bank. <laughs> to rob a bank. 
That was my retirement plan. Praise God. He rescued me from that crazy mind. So he says here, then you will know. Then you will know. Then you will know. See, it's all in the mind. We have to renew our mind. Then you will know to do how to do everything. You will know how to do everything that is good and pleasing to him. To him, not the world. You see it? So we, going back, but let God change the way you think. Don't be like the people of this world. We, we're still in this world. But we don't have to be of this world. The best thing that could have happened to us is that when we accepted Christ, God took us straight to heaven. Because that would have avoided many mistakes in our lives. Don't we agree? That many times if we have failed his name and shamed his name, that would have been perfect, I think. Lord, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Yeah. Oh, man. Great. No more mistakes. Because I did a lot of mistakes. I did a lot of mistakes even after accepting Christ. But not until, not until I let God change the way I think I was thinking. Next verse. Still about renewing our minds. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. Since then you have been raised with Christ. You're a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. You are a new creation. If you accepted Christ as your Lord, you're a new creation. Everything about you, your old life must have been placed, should have been placed to death. Set your hearts Set your desires on things above. Your desire should be about heaven, about bringing people to Christ so that they could also go to heaven. That should be our desire, our hearts, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So examine yourself. What comes out of your mouth most of the time? Is it golf? Is it boxing? Is it basketball? Is it football? Is it money? Is it your children? And there's really nothing wrong with those things that I just mentioned. But if it becomes more important than God, then that is your idol. And we need to change it. But you can't change it from the outside. I mean, I guess you can. But real change comes from the inside. Real change comes from the inside from within, and then it goes without. So that's why we have to set our hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, and set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, not on earthly things. You know, I've been praying that God will remove, especially when I took the calling. My prayer up to now is like, Lord, remove everything that I desire from this world. Completely remove all my desires from this world. Because the moment I romanticize something about this world, I know it hinders my walk with him in my intimacy with him I lose it so my prayer is always Lord remove 
all my desires from this world. Set my mind on things above, Lord. I shouldn't even worry about certain things. Although I plan, although I still work, but all of these things are just secondary because we have to work, correct? We have to work and we have to plan. But it doesn't consume my life anymore. It shouldn't consume your life. Everything else must be about pleasing Him and Him alone. Amen? Amen. And the question is, do you want to please Him? Have you decided to live your life completely and utterly for God? Have you decided to abandon everything for Him? Imagine yourself standing by the cliff, right? And there's a big drop. When God tells us to do something, it's like something about jump. He's telling us, go ahead, jump. And He's telling us to trust Him. All you need to do is basically just let go and experience that drop. That's the complete abandonment that we need to do spiritually with God in order for us to really walk this Christian life, which is impossible. It is only possible with Christ. We need to renew our minds. We need our God, our Lord's help with this. We have many years of information that's been implanted in our minds, in our brains beliefs, you know, from the world, from the people that we care about, that were the biggest influences in our lives, all those ideas that they have, those are the things that are in our minds. But to follow God, most of the time, those things are different. Unless they are believers and they're completely in love with God too. Because they are out there too. We can't live our life for the Lord if we have not renewed our way of thinking. There's no way in how to live and approach this life that is impossible. Whether it is for our family life, our work life, or just life in general, renewing our minds for God must be done in order for us to know how to do everything that is good and pleasing him now have you answered this silently do you want to please him Galatians 1 10 if we were still the second part the last part if we were still trying to please people I would not be a servant of Christ if you're more concerned about men and not God you should not be and you will never be a servant of Christ because then your interest, you have a conflict of interest. That's what they say in my business. Whom are you working for? Are you working for the buyer or are you working for the seller? If you're working for both, you have a conflict of interest. Right? So it's the same with the believer. If you're off the world and a little bit for God, then you have a conflict of interest. I'll be Christian on Sundays and maybe Wednesdays. Maybe. And I'll be off the world from Monday through Friday. 
right? There's a conflict of interest. It's either for you're for God or you're against God. Amen? Amen. Luke 14, 26. If anyone comes to me and does not hate, uh, we're not, I'm not, children, I'm not telling you to hate your parents here. This, this hate here is to put them secondary because God must come first. If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, my Filipino family. Can you read this? Can you believe this? Because for the, you know, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it's the same for Americans, but I really know about the Filipinos, that the family comes first. We don't want our children moving out. Anna and I are already crying for four years from now that Alonzo might move out when he's 18. Because we want to keep everybody. They buy a big land and they have a complex of all the Salcitos so that everybody will stay close. Because if you move out, oh, you're proud, huh? You want to move out? Okay, okay, no, you're too good for us? Okay, well, I see it. I see you, right? No, it says here, look, for God, we need to put everybody, everybody. You see, our culture tells us, hey, love family first, right? You see it in the movies, Fast and the Furious is all about, it's really about family, not really cars. <laughs> but anyway, it says here, yes, even their own life. Such a person cannot be my disciple. If you will not make that decision to abandon everything and everyone, including yourself, your interests, your wants, your dreams, for God, then you cannot be his disciple. The other one of this is Luke 9.23. If anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself. Take up his cross daily and come follow me. It's hard. I told you it's hard, right? Oh, we all know it's hard. I'm not telling you anything new. But it serves us good for us to study this. It serves us good that the Holy Spirit makes us hear this and understand this. But it serves us good if we yield to the Holy Spirit now, not later. Amen? Now, not later, not next week, because we don't know if we got next week. But you know, it says here, our relationship to God must come first above any other earthly relationship that we have. Every single thing that comes before our relationship to him becomes an idol because we worry about what they have to say rather than what God has to say. I pray that you will live your life for God's approval and that you will live your life holy and pleasing to God and to Him alone. You know, the truth is, human love has an end. Their approval, if you, don't, if you never get it, you'll get it for a little while and then you lose it again. But you know, God, this is in Psalm, turn to Psalm 27.10. Psalm 27.10, it reads, Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. And in Isaiah 51.12, it reads, this is God speaking, I, even I, am he 
who comforts you. Who are you that you fear mere mortals? Human beings are but grass. That's Isaiah 51, 12. In John 5, 30, it reads, I can do nothing. This is Jesus speaking. I can do nothing on my own. I judge as God tells me. Therefore, my judgment is just. Because I carry out the will of the one who sent me, not my will. In this church, our cry, our battle cry is to know Christ, to become like him, and to make him known. And all of that is doing God's will. Amen? Amen. Please join me in a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for your message tonight. Father, we pray for your help, Lord. We pray for, uh, for you to strengthen us, Lord God. As we walk away from, from this place, Lord, and we live our lives again, come Monday, Father, I pray that you will remind us of whatever it is that you have uh, shown us tonight. Father, guide us, Lord, as, as, as we live our lives, Lord. Help us renew our minds by studying your word and willing to change and to be used for you and by you for your pleasing, for your own approval, for your approval, not for men. Forgive us, Lord, for the times that we've failed time and time and time again. Forgive us for making other people's opinion of us more important than your opinion of us and your thought of us. Father, we call you Lord. Help us to live like that. We call ourselves Christians. Help us, Lord, to glorify your name. Be with us, Father. Bless your people who are here tonight. Father, I pray that you will help them with whatever trouble they are in. I pray for comfort for those who are broken. I pray for healing for those who are sick. Father, I pray that your people will continue to be in love with you and not with the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. That's the end of today's message. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and want to support our mission of reaching others, help grow our ministry by visiting ficfreno.com slash give. To get the latest updates from our channel, hit the subscribe button. Visit our Facebook page by clicking the link below to let us know how God is moving in your life.